Well, there is a long-standing tradition in the church which uh, we started our morning together with, and that is where the liturgist or the person uh, at the front says, He is risen, and then you respond, He is risen indeed. All right? So we'll try that again, just to see if after, you know, an hour of eating and four cups of coffee, and those of you who are down at the river at the sunrise service this morning at 6.15 are still awake. All right? So He is risen. All right, that sounded good. That sounded good. So uh, down at the sunrise service this morning at 6.15, it was raining. And we've only had a couple of sunrise gatherings where it's rained before. Uh, And so we all huddled up. It was a little bit more like a candlelight vigil because it was still kind of dark. So everybody's on their phones looking at their song sheets and huddled together under the picnic shelter. Uh, But we had lots of coffee and a a great time down there. But uh, it could have been worse. We had a visitor this week at our house. Meg's aunt visited us from the East Coast, from Halifax. And so we took her out. We walked a section of the Fort to Fort Trail on Monday. And she was just so taken with all of the greenery that was just budding up. She'd say, what flower is this? And I'd say, that's a weed. Um, And she'd say, what is this? This is an amazing piece of foliage. I'm like, I don't know. Google it. Uh, But she was so taken with it because... In Halifax this week, it was minus two and snowing. So we had a little rain down there this morning at the river, but it could have been worse. You could have been getting up and doing that. So we'll take what we have. Uh, But Easter is that time in the Christian tradition where we celebrate new life. We celebrate things springing to life. And as a culture, we actually have a long history of looking to the natural world to give us signs that point us to this aspect of Easter. So that's why you see things like bunnies and uh, eggs and chicks and all of these kind of farmyard kind of pictures at Easter because we're trying to give a nod to this sort of deep sense of new life springing up. And as Christians, of course, for us, the symbolism runs much, much deeper than chocolate. It runs back to that very first Easter morning where we believe that Jesus rose to new life from a grave and promises an abundant life to those that place their hope and trust and confidence in him. Life that begins now and goes on forever, which is made possible and demonstrated for us in the first resurrection of Jesus. So that's why I don't think there's a better image for Easter than that of the humble seed. And so uh, Bev has done a great job of just decorating for us this morning and giving us kind of a nod to that and this celebration of new life. And you plant a seed in the ground, and then what happens? Okay, I'm hearing you water it, it sprouts, all of that. Before any of that stuff, what happens? There's some confusion about what happens when you put seeds in the ground. All right, I'll give you, this is the textbook answer. When you put in the seed in the ground, yes, yes, you water it and do all of those types of things. But the first thing that happens to the seed is it dies. Okay, who said that? <laughs> all right, we, <laughs> fair enough. We have a, we have a couple of... Uh, of botanists in the back row. All right, so you put the seed in the ground, and then 
it dies. And then, after a period of time, it bursts forth to new life. So that's why the seed is a wonderful image for us for Easter. And in fact, the New Testament picks up on this theme. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35, it says this. When you put a seed in the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. So here's the thing to remember. There is always a period of time between when the seed goes into the ground and the time when it sprouts and springs forth new life. There's always a season between the planting and the new life. And death is a part of that period of time. And the hard part for us is that right now, we actually live, yes, we live on this side of the resurrection of Jesus, but we also live on this side of eternity. We live in the time between times. We live in the time of the already and the not yet. And it's hard for us sometimes because, yeah, we're looking back on the resurrection. So we celebrate and we get excited and we say, he's risen, he is risen indeed. But we are still looking forward ultimately to the resurrection and the redemption of all things at the end of time. And for me, this is the hardest part of gardening because it involves patience. And patience is something I do not possess a lot of. I'm still working on it. I had some experience in growing in patience this last year because uh, we actually got a garden plot in our little neighborhood in Yorkson and we set to work planting seeds in this plot. Now, I am not a plant specialist by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you can see my thumbs. They are not green. They are not brown. They are just thumbs. Mostly I use them for texting. But we started a garden this last year in our, in our little plot. And so we put the seeds in the ground, and then we waited. And I read the packaging to see how long I should be waiting for some of these seeds. And some of them came up really quick. And so I was very pleased with us. I thought, yes, something is going right in this garden. But the carrots were troubling to me. You see, carrots, I read the packaging, and so I, I felt like everything else was moving on the right timetable. But the carrots were not cooperating in the way that the packaging said they should be cooperating. So we waited. And I thought, maybe we... And then I started to have questions. Maybe we overwatered them. Maybe we underwatered them. Did I plant them too deep? No, I'm sure I read the, you know, how I, I didn't take a ruler to measure how much soil you should put on, but I thought it was a very reasonable amount of soil. And did I put too many together? And then, well, how would I know? But some should be coming up, shouldn't they? But the carrots really vexed me because they seemed to take forever. And finally, after everything else in the garden had sprouted, tops came up, wispy little things. And so the carrots, I think, were Jesus' way of teaching me that sometimes things take a little longer than it says on the packaging and that you think that it should or would. But the carrots for me became a reminder, a bit of a picture of our lives. Because sometimes we get excited about things or we find hope in certain elements of our lives and we think, yeah, life is going to spring from those dark places in our lives. Easter's a morning of hope and resurrection possibility. 
And sometimes, even though it's Easter Sunday, we still live with places in our lives and circumstances in our lives that make it still feel a little more like Good Friday or Holy Saturday. And one of the things that we need to be reminded of, other than patience, is a reminder that new life is coming, but it may not be here yet. It may not spring up in our timetable, despite what we see around us on the news or what we experience, because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He's working at making all things new, but that process began at the resurrection and continues through to the end of the age, and we live in that time between times. So as a reminder of this, kids, I want you to come down into the potting shed this morning, and we're going to do some planting. So kids, if you want to come to the front with me, we're going to do a little exercise here. We've got some little, uh, some excellent potting soil. This is the high-quality stuff, none of this sort of... uh, Superstore business for you guys. All right, so if you want to come and plant something, come on over here. So we have, um, we have peas here. Now, the reason that I have, we got pea seeds is, look at the back, what it says on the back here. Do you see? Okay, I'll read it for you then. Germination, how many days? Uh, germination, five to ten. Yes, something that works quickly. Germination, five to ten days. Okay, and on the front, this is going to go 65 to 70 days. You know, if you care for this, then you're going to supposedly have peas. I didn't in my garden last year. It got too hot, and so all of my peas died. So make sure you don't put yours in a too hot place, okay? Okay, so pull out your hand. We'll put a seed in it. See, it kind of looks almost like a pea, doesn't it? Yeah. So take that, and then take one of those, okay? All right, we'll get you one. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right, Emma. Okay. All right. So now you put it in the dirt. Stick it down in there. Okay. I know how to plant. You know how to plant things? So good. Savannah, you've got that? Okay, who doesn't have one? You have a garden in your backyard. You're like a gardening expert then. I should come to you and ask for advice. Okay. Now, parents, I chose not to put water up here because they're all in lovely Easter dresses. So we'll just kind of keep it, uh, you know, just with the dirt. And then you can kind of shake it off a little bit. Okay. All right. Is it in now? Is it in? Okay. Good. Now, take it back to your seat so that it doesn't get confused with anybody else's. Okay. So that's for you to take home with yours. And then when you get home, you're going to put a little bit of water in it. Did you get it, Savannah? Okay. All right. And then you're going to water it. And the package says five to ten days. So, did you have one? Okay, if you missed out and you want to do some planting afterwards, then uh, you can do some guerrilla gardening during the message maybe. So, I want to report next week on if we've got any pea shoots coming up, okay, in these, all right? So, okay, so you guys are great gardeners. You're all experts. You're going to learn a little lesson in patience, hopefully, and hopefully you'll have better luck than I did with the peas that we planted in our garden. All right. So the reason that we did this is that we all need reminders of new life. And that's what Easter reminds us of. It's wonderful to celebrate it in the calendar each year because 
there's a possibility that exists for us to lose heart in circumstances that we face. See, the scripture reminds us, let's not grow weary of doing well. In due season, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. But the only reason that that text is in there, because it is possible for us to grow weary and to give up. We get overburdened and sick and tired of circumstances in our lives that don't seem to be changing and people around us who don't seem to be changing or improving. And we wait and we watch and we wonder, is any of this stuff ever going to change? Well, this spring at Jericho, we've been studying through the book of Isaiah. And the book of Isaiah paints some wonderful pictures, both of patient endurance for us, but also of the possibility and the hope of new life springing into existence. And there's so much in the book of Isaiah about new beginnings. And this morning we're going to look at chapter 35. And we're going to see three pictures that help us understand what it could look like to move in a transformation from Good Friday to Easter Sunday, from death to life. But just like the seeds we planted, these transformations don't happen overnight. Yet sometimes if we let us, God can surprise us with the hope of restoration. So look with me at Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 and 2. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. So the first picture of resurrection restoration is in verse 1. Even the wilderness and the desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and will blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. So this is the first picture that we have of resurrection restoration, a promise that God makes to his people where he will display his glory. And it's described like a movement, a transformation of a desert from a place of desolation to a place of flourishing. From a desert-like place where it's cracked, where it's dry, where it's devoid of life, to a place that's verdant and green and there's an abundance of life and flowers that have sprung up. Now, I'm not a big desert guy. Like, if you give me holiday options, I do not choose the palm desert. I choose the ocean any day over the palm desert. But I have seen a few flowers in the few times that I have visited the desert, but not a lot. Now, it is possible, though, for the desert to flower. Now, I mentioned earlier that this morning at our sunrise gathering, it was raining. Now, look at this picture here is a picture of the Atacama Desert in Chile. This is one of the driest places on earth. The average rainfall in this desert is 15 millimeters per year. And that's on average. There are some weather stations in the Atacama Desert that have never, ever, ever recorded precipitation. It's that dry. Still, other regions of this desert go for four or five years at a time without ever seeing a drop of rain. 
But then in 2015, something unusual happened. They received a total of 23 millimeters of rain. To put this in perspective, that's like less than an inch of rain. We will get that in a day sometimes here on the West Coast. But for them, this was unusual to the point that it actually caused severe flooding with less than an inch of rain. But the interesting thing was that with that day of rainfall, and because of the flooding, the water actually found its way into places where water doesn't normally go in the Atacama Desert. And it found its way down into cracks where seeds were buried. And the botanist said some of these seeds had been dormant since probably 1995 to 97. And then in 